0: Before we get to today's episode, I just wanna remind you that we have a brand new community on Viably for fans of The Bliss Bean to connect, host meetups, and participate in weekly personal development challenges. So if you wanna join that, head to app.viably.io slash blissbean or click the link in the podcast show notes. Hello and welcome to The Bliss Bean Show. I'm your host, Patrice, and on this podcast, we talk about how to design intentional days, create meaningful work, and get more out of life. Welcome back to The Blissbean Show! Today I wanted to do a solo episode because I have not done one of these in a while. I've been interviewing a lot of people which has been great and super fun, but it is the start of a new year so it feels like a time for some solo reflection except for I am going to be sharing my solo reflection with all you listeners out there. So looking back at 2020, I would say a lot of aspects of my life stayed pretty much the same. I expected to be going to college in September of 2020 and so I thought that there would be this huge change in my life where I was literally moving across the Atlantic Ocean to start college in Spain, living in a new place, meeting new people becoming a new person as one does in college none of that happened of course as you probably know if you know my story and the bliss bean so in most areas of my life everything stayed pretty much the same throughout the course of 2020 except the youtube slash work slash career area of my life Not to be traumatic, but in that area of my life, in 2020, everything changed. So I have a video that I made, I think, last August when I reached 100,000 subscribers titled My Blogging Story. So if you're interested in the entire story that literally stretches all the way back from middle school, that's the place to go. But I really want to talk about what the heck happened in 2020 regarding the Bliss Bean. So at the start of 2020, let's try to paint a picture. My channel was doing okay. I had some videos that did really well in 2019, so I was pretty proud. I felt good about where my channel was. I wasn't really earning any significant amount from it, so I got monetized in July of 2019 and throughout the course of that year i earned a total of twelve hundred dollars from adsense revenue which is no small sum but certainly not enough to support myself and brands definitely were not really interested in partnering with me it was just like it was a baby youtube channel and i was a baby youtuber my content i think was not great at the time like i'm not gonna say it's amazing now i have a lot of room to improve but 2019 me I think was still learning. Recently actually for some reason I started looking at some of my old old videos like from 20, 2018 and it is honestly embarrassing. Those videos are still on my channel. I don't know if I'll ever um, set them to private to hide them so anyone can look at them right now but they're pretty bad. <laughs> So yeah, start of 2020, YouTube was basically a hobby for me, and I don't mean that to say that I wasn't taking it seriously. I've been taking this seriously since I started my YouTube channel in April 2018, and since I started the Bliss Bean in general in July of 2017, and I think I always had the intention that this was something that in the future I wanted to turn into my job and make money from, but... At the start of 2020, that was just not really happening yet. I think I told this story in my blogging story video, but like when I first got monetized, I was earning, you know, like five to $10 a day from AdSense and I was super excited about that because prior to that it was zero. And so I went to my dad and I was like, look, I'm making $5 a day from AdSense and he said, Wow, you can get yourself a Subway sandwich every day. So a Subway sandwich every day was not really, you know, enough to call YouTube my job at the time. But then, now, fast forward to the end of 2020, start of 2021, and I can confidently- Well, sometimes still not confidently. I'm working on that, but I can truly say that YouTube is my full-time job. I guess when success started coming in 2020, it was very much a relief. It was like, oh, this was such a long time coming. I've been working on this for so long. Finally, I'm seeing some results. But now, with kind of the bigger picture perspective that I can look back at it with, I feel like my growth was decently fast so I, I said I started in April 2018 and so when I started to really see this growth was March of 2020 and so that was less than two years and yes it felt like so much work making weekly videos with really not much to show for it for two years I would say just in general in terms of how long it generally takes people to break through on YouTube. I think I had some luck on my side. I think things went pretty well. So I can now call YouTube my full-time job, and as I said, that's something that's still a little uncomfortable for me. I think the first time that I really, like, introduced my YouTube channel alongside introducing myself was me and a friend went to a coffee—this was before coronavirus— me and a friend went to a coffee shop to record some nice, fancy B-roll for a video that I was making, and uh, this one woman on her way out of the coffee shop, she said that she noticed that we were filming something, and you know, I was pretending to read a book and write in a notebook, so she was just curious to see if we worked in education, because she worked in education, and I was like, no, actually, I have a YouTube channel that's about personal development, or something along those lines, is what I said, and after that, I was like, oh my gosh, I think that was the first time that I introduced myself by saying, like, hi, I have a YouTube channel, and that was so foreign and weird to me, because for such a long time, I had worked very hard to hide my channel from other people. Initially when I started the Bliss Bean I literally told no one. I was so adamant about keeping it a secret because I had had people from school find older blogs of mine and every single time that happened I just felt like I couldn't keep going now that people who knew me in real life were watching me because it felt, I don't know, it felt kind of embarrassing. I think Putting yourself out on the internet in any way is embarrassing, especially when you're in school, and so you don't want the classmates that see you every day to also see this online persona that you have. So in the beginning, not even my friends were allowed to know the Bliss Bean, and then very slowly I allowed them in on the secret um, I think I also explained this in the blogging story video, but I wanted to put out, like, this productivity habits challenge, and at that point, I just told myself, this is now or never. Like, you can't grow the bliss in the way that you want it to if you're just gonna keep hiding it from everyone, because the message that you're sending to the universe is, like, I don't want people to know about this, and so I posted it on my, um, personal Facebook profile, And so a lot more people knew about it after that and I just had to come to terms with that and deal with that. And so when people would ask me, what's your dream job? I would tell them, I would say, you know, I really like this blogging thing actually and it would be super cool if I could do blogging or YouTube full time. But I never felt 100% confident in that answer and it always made me uncomfortable to tell people that. So anyways, let's go back to the start of 2020. At the very start of 2020, I actually was not even in the United States because this was back when we could travel. Remember those days? So I was on my post-high school gap year and I had started traveling in the middle of November. So I had spent a month in Spain, in Madrid, and then I visited my uncle's family in Germany. And then at that point, I moved on to... Uh, meet up with my friend in Portugal for a couple of days, I think, maybe a week. These memories are all super fuzzy, but so basically I came home from that trip at the end of January, I hit the ground running, I started making weekly videos again right away, and I was super energized about it too because my uploading pace was pretty slow during my travels. Of course like anyone I had super great intentions about uploading a lot of travel videos and whatnot but I think it all turned out for the best because I had a chance to actually relax and enjoy and experience my trip rather than just sitting in my room all day editing the videos about my trip. So from those videos that I made upon arriving back in Wisconsin, my minimalism video really took off. I think it was like 10 minimalist habits that keep my life simple. And I knew that minimalism is a buzzword, like I'm aware of search engine optimization and some trends, but I did not expect it to do as well as it did. So it's now at almost 600,000 views. And after that video, just like the average benchmark for how many views my videos were getting was completely different. It was a very, very sudden change. And that was a little confusing to me and still is. Like, I don't know what factors added up to produce what happened in March of 2020 because that minimalist habits video was not the only one of my videos to ever take off. I had a video in 2018 about how I study Korean and a decluttering video in the summer of 2019 that both, I would say, reached that same level in terms of views, but they just didn't tip over that first domino to get my channel going, if you will. So I don't know what happened in March, but basically, views went up, my subscriber count was going up so much, and I was just so thrilled about all of this. My plan was actually to take a break in February and then resume traveling so during my gap year I mainly wanted to visit Europe and Asia and so I had finished the Europe leg of my trip and I wanted to move on to Asia but it was at that time that the coronavirus started and at first I was pretty hopeful as I think we all were. We did not realize what the scale of this would be and so I was just like oh like I wasn't planning on visiting China on this trip anyways, whatever, but very quickly and very sadly it started spreading and so I realized that the rest of my gap year would be spent at home and I basically just said, alright, it's time to buckle down on making videos for my YouTube channel and just trying to grow this as much as I can before I go to college. So I really don't know what would have happened if I had continued to travel because Just like I said, I really slowed down on making videos while I was in Europe. I think I put out four videos during the two months that I was traveling, and so I assume I would have kept up a similar, if not slower, pace while I was traveling in Asia, and so I don't know if my channel ever would have experienced that huge boost that it needed to really... I don't know, be- become what I had always imagined that it could become. And honestly, it scares me a little bit to think about that possibility at this point, because I'm so, so grateful to have the financial security that my YouTube channel provides, and just the sense that, like, if I want to continue doing this, doing something that I love as a job, I can. And that is such a such a nice feeling to go into college with and something I'm so, so grateful for and I just have no idea what my mindset or my plan would be if I didn't have my YouTube channel behind me supporting me. So I actually went into YouTube Studio and I wanted to take a look at my analytics all the way from January 1st to December 31st of 2020 and it was actually really interesting because as I already knew there was that huge jump in March but there actually wasn't that much afterwards. So as I said, views and subscribers went up a ton in March and my subscriber count also continued to increase throughout the rest of the year. My revenue also went up, but everything else like engagement and reach was pretty stagnant. And so I think because of the revenue going up, I did not really expect to see that the graph like really leveled out after March and there wasn't that much growth after that amazing month. The reason my revenue went up is something that i talk about in my how i make money as a teenager video i talked about this youtube lingo of cpm and rpm so cpm is cost per mil it's how much advertisers will pay to advertise on your video per thousand views And RPM is revenue per mil, so how much you get of that money per thousand views after YouTube takes their share. So my CPM and RPM went up significantly throughout the course of the year. I'm really not sure why. I need to do some more reading on that to understand that. I do know that living in certain countries will give you a higher CPM just because, you know, advertisers want to target specific countries, but the United States is one of those high CPM countries and I've been living in the same place since I started my YouTube channel, so that doesn't really explain it. I wonder if it's just that, like, my content is moving towards themes and topics that are more appealing to advertisers that's not something that i've consciously tried to do but maybe that makes sense i really don't know why that happened all i can say is i'm grateful for it but in terms of engagement and reach not going up it was pretty easy for me to feel a little disappointed in that and so Now, I want to move on to kind of the next topic and talking about some of the struggles and the the negatives and the downsides of 2020 when it comes to my YouTube channel. I think we all know that 2020 was pretty much exclusively downsides on on the whole, but with my YouTube channel, despite the success that I had and despite, you know, being able to turn it into my full-time job, there were some lessons that I learned and some difficult I guess mindset things to work through. So March was so exciting. Everything was going up. It felt like everything could only go up. But in October of 2020, I had my first month where my AdSense revenue actually went down from the previous month. And it was such a disappointing feeling because when things are growing, I think for some reason you can start to think that all it can do is grow. And then suddenly if it stagnates a little bit or if it goes down the tiniest bit, I remember telling my dad that it went down and he was like, oh, did it go down by a lot? Did it go down by a half? And I was like, no, it just went down by a tiny bit, but I expected it to grow. And so that gave me a little helpful dose of reality, but it suddenly makes you wonder like, could this all just come crashing down? Could people lose all interest in what I make? But at the end of the day, I just think that everything worth doing is scary. Um, I remember hearing all these quotes about love that once you fall in love, it's really great, but then you're scared that you're going to lose that person and lose something really good that you finally found. And I really had no frame of reference in my life to compare that against, but I was like, yeah, I don't know if I really buy that. It seems pretty great to meet someone who seems perfect and fall in love and like, Why would you be concerned about losing them? I'm sure you can't really compare love and growing a YouTube channel, but I think my experience with my channel was somewhat of a good example for that, because having my YouTube channel was less scary before it was successful. Now that I've attained some level of success, now I'm scared that it's all just gonna topple down. I don't really know what the big lesson to take away from this is, except that just, fear is a part of life. And actually sometimes, I think I've heard that fear can be a good compass. If you're scared of something, but excited about it, that could mean that it is a really, really good opportunity for you to pursue, maybe a good risk to take. So moving on with the analytics from 2020, I'm a numbers person, so I love this stuff. Overall, I had 6.2 million views and I gained 158,000 subscribers, which is honestly pretty much all of them. My top 10 performing videos for this year, only five of them were actually from 2020. The rest were from 2019 and then there was even one from 2018 which was my How I Study Korean video that I think was the first one of my videos to really blow up. So the five that were from 2020 were my Study Tips video, Minimalist Habits, How to Learn a Language, What's on my Apple Watch, and How I Edit Videos. Lessons that I learned throughout this year on YouTube, the first one would be that success in YouTube would not make me magically happy. I think succeeding on YouTube and turning it into my job was pretty much my number one goal in my mind for a while. And so I think we all just assume that if we achieve that number one goal on our list, everything else is gonna fix itself somehow. And I really don't want to discount the amount of joy that it has brought me. It's something I'm very proud of, something I'm very passionate about, and I do really enjoy working on it it's just that it didn't fix everything in my life the way that I thought it would. This second half of 2020 was probably the worst time for me in terms of mental health since like sixth grade and it was confusing to me because I was like, wait a second that's not how this is supposed to work. I'm not supposed to get depressed when I have so much going for me right now. But it was definitely a good wake up call and a good lesson to learn for the future that I can't just focus on my career achievements because if I'm not taking care of other areas of my life, those career achievements, simply put, are not going to make me happy. The second lesson I learned was that I am capable. So, I only talked about 2020 for the most part in this video, but I've been dabbling in blogging ever since middle school. And I always really struggled to grow my blogs. The other, you know, tween, teen bloggers that I followed, it seemed to me that it was so much easier for them to get followers for their blog, and I was frustrated with that. And blogging has been such a long period of my life, that I think I really started to identify um, with that identity. That I was just someone who would never get the amount of followers and readers and subscribers as other people. I would always be the one trying to catch up but never really attaining the level of success that other people did. And I think that was kind of a subconscious belief because as I told you, I've been taking this very seriously ever since I started it and monetizing it was always my intention. But I think I realized that I always had those doubts um, laying low in the background after this year and after March because I felt this sense of confusion. And I think we hear a lot about imposter syndrome these days. I think I had some of that as well, where I was just like, wait, (laughs) I know I was striving for this success. But how did I actually reach it? Like, this wasn't supposed to be possible for me. This was just supposed to be some faraway dream that I told people about occasionally when they asked me what my dream job was. Like, that was exactly what it was for me. It was a dream job. I think in the back of my mind, I thought that it would always remain that dream and never become a reality. So that's a lesson that I think I can try and apply to other areas of my life as well. Because it's one thing to say that You want something or that something is your dream, but it's a totally different thing to truly, truly believe that you can get that and that you can achieve that. And I think that's a big mindset shift to make in life. Finally, my third lesson was to just stop and smell the roses. So I've been working on making these videos for a while and I like to call it the content creation hamster wheel when I explained why I was taking a break in December. And it's very easy to just... You know stick with that schedule and forget to actually celebrate the accomplishments that arise as a result of you being self-disciplined and self-motivated and sticking to that schedule and making things happen but when the cool things happen you have to actually pause and acknowledge that you made that happen and that was something that i really needed to learn how to do moving on to what my goals for my youtube channel are in 2021 so I always say that goals you can control are better than ones you can't. Whenever people ask me about advice for YouTube, I generally say don't try to set numbers goals in the beginning. I definitely did some of that in the beginning, and it was very discouraging because growth can be so, so slow in the beginning, and it's very unpredictable. It probably has nothing to do with the quality of your content or how hard you're working. It's just... You have to wait for the algorithm to pick up on it, for people to find your stuff. And so generally I am against numbers goals, like wanting to reach a certain number of subscribers by a certain point in time. But I will say that I think it's easier to set numbers goals once you've picked up some steam with your channel, because I think the more you grow, the more consistent that growth is and then you can, to some extent, kind of predict it. Like getting to a thousand Instagram followers was terrible, but now that I'm at 22,000, I feel like I can count on that number to increase steadily. By the way, follow me at the Bliss bean on Instagram. So all of that is to say that I did set a subscriber goal for this year, but I set the bar low. I want to reach 250,000 subscribers by the end of this year. And I think I checked Social Blade to see what their prediction for me is. And I believe it predicts that I'll be at 320,000 by the end of this year. So, if Social Blade says that, then I think I can get to my goal. Moving on to goals that I really can control, I wanna be consistent with uploading one video and one podcast per week. And that's something I've been doing a good job of in 2020. I just want to stick with it. I might wanna take a break from this podcast. I know a lot of people will have seasons on their podcast and take a break in between seasons. I'm not sure yet when I want to do that though. At first I was thinking summer, but then I thought if those are the few months of the year that I'm not going to be in school, does it make sense to take a break then or would I rather have a break during the winter, for example? I don't know yet. That's something for future me to decide. Another consistency-related goal of mine is that I want to stay two weeks ahead of my posting schedule. So this is specifically for videos, but I also do not want to be finishing podcasts last minute. I want to be writing newsletters, not the Monday morning that they're supposed to go out. But most important for me, I think, is the video schedule. So it's currently January, and in order to achieve this goal, I'm trying to get six videos done instead of four while also doing newsletters and podcasts and some freelance work and also working on this big project for this year. So it's been a little bit of a tiring and stressful beginning to January, but really not that bad. And I know that it will be absolutely worth it once I am ahead of schedule because it just removes so much of the stress from the process. My next goal, I think, is my biggest and most important goal. So I want to outsource some of the work that I do for The Bliss So you might have seen that I posted on my Instagram stories that I'm looking to hire some part-time help. A lot of people reached out to me about that, so thank you so much for that. It is very difficult for me and my personality to hand responsibility over, especially when it comes to something that is so personal to me as the Bliss Bean. In this week's newsletter titled, Three Important Things I've Learned in Therapy, One of those things was becoming more aware of my need for control. So this will definitely be a very useful and important exercise in learning how to be okay with not having my hand in everything and doing everything completely independently and just having complete control over everything. It's also financially scary because there's that voice in my head saying, will I be able to afford hiring help and moving out on my own to start college at the same time? but i think that this is a very important point in my channel's growth and of course there will be growing pains as there always is when you grow in any way but afterwards i think it'll really be a whole new era for the bliss bean because at this point after doing things pretty much completely on my own for more than three years i am excited about the idea of getting someone else's creative brain to contribute to this and to have some more free time for myself so that i can focus on the most important aspects of the bliss bean and so that i can really grow it in a way that i can't if i just stubbornly try to hold on to every piece of it so i've started that process but before i can get someone fully on board i need to get all my bliss bean systems down pat Luckily, organization is one of my favorite things to do, and so I'm actually super excited to just write down and try to explain how everything with the Bliss Bean works so that someone else can just read through all of that and have a good understanding for how all of these processes work. I'm mostly trying to outsource the mundane things that take up my time, like emails, Uploading YouTube videos and filling out those descriptions, uploading podcast episodes, um, scheduling newsletters and such, possibly also some help with video editing. That's one that scares me a little bit creatively, but it would definitely take a lot of the work off my hands, so it would be very much worth it. But aside from all the admin tasks, I definitely also just want to infuse some new energy and some creativity into the Bliss Bean I do love working in teams. I miss that aspect of high school. And so I think it'll be really nice to bounce some ideas off another person, have them, you know, bring some ideas to the table and be looking at what's trending or what content are people asking for making suggestions for my content calendar in a way that I probably will not have the time or brain space for once I'm in college. And then finally the last goal that I have is to get better at implementing data. So as I was looking at my analytics to outline this podcast, I saw a bunch of interesting things like which cards are performing the best in my videos, what are the retention rates, when do people stop watching my videos, what search terms lead people to find my videos, etc. And right now, as I'm on this content creation hamster wheel, it's hard to actually do anything with that information. Like, I keep seeing it and I'm like, I'll do something with it in the future. Right now I need to finish this video and get it edited. That's my number one priority. And so that ties back to hiring help. I think it'd be super helpful to have someone to look at those numbers interpret them and make suggestions for me that I can then take action on rather than feeling like I'm just getting completely lost in all of the numbers. And so that's it. That is how 2020 went for me in terms of YouTube, how I hope 2021 will go. I just want to say a huge, huge thank you because Obviously, none of this, none of this success is possible without the people that actually give those videos those views and subscribe to my channel and engage with my content. So to you listening to this, I seriously appreciate you so much. Not to be cheesy about it, but you've basically made my dreams come true. And I will just forever be grateful for that. And I hope that I can continue to make inspiring and motivating videos in 2021 for you. Three takeaways from today's episode. First of all, growth is not always uniform and you have to be okay with that. I think a very helpful antidote is to look within yourself and figure out what your end goal really is. So you may think that your goal is to reach a certain number of subscribers and views, but I am willing to bet that it's actually the lifestyle that you will have once you've reached those numbers goals. For example, if you want to become a full-time YouTuber, it might be because you want to manage your own schedule or be able to live anywhere in the world or to share some message with the world. And so if you focus on that end goal, those tiny little numbers-based setbacks, like earning a little less in AdSense revenue one month or having one video get less views than expected, those just are not as important anymore and so you'll be more resilient to that. Second, notice and be aware of and do your best to let go of certain mindsets. Mindsets like wanting everything to be perfect, wanting to control every aspect of the creative process, or just believing that success is not possible for you. So on the surface level, you might believe that you don't have those mindsets, but it's something that's very deep and subconscious, and so you really have to look within yourself. I don't know, maybe try some journaling, watch my journaling video, that might be able to help. Finally, the last lesson is take breaks. I think if you really love doing something, it's just going to be less draining, but at the end of the day, it still takes some energy from you. Creating is tiring. So make sure to take care of your mental health throughout all of this. We talk a lot about how important consistency is to content creation and self-discipline and being self-motivated, but you really can't be your best self and the best content creator that you can be if you're not taking care of your mental health. So please do that. For today's action of the day, if you're looking for a sign to start something, start some project, whether or not it's a YouTube channel, it can be anything you want, Just start that project today, I swear. Your future self will be so grateful to you. If it turns out to be something that you're not as passionate about as you thought you were, then you learned something new about yourself. But you simply will not know that about yourself, and you will not know what is possible until you get started. For some updates with the Bliss Bean, at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned our new Vibely group. So once again, that is at appviblyio slash blissbean. We're actually having our first digital meetup tomorrow, Saturday, January 16th at 7 p.m. Central. It's going to be all about vision boarding, which is the theme of next week's challenge, and that hasn't even been announced on the Viably app, so I guess podcast listeners get an exclusive sneak peek, but I'm super excited to see you guys, um, albeit virtually. I know that for some of you, the time zones did not work, but we will be having more digital meetups like this, hopefully at different times of day, so that everyone can eventually make it to at least one. And one recommendation for today, so I actually have not started reading this yet, so I can't fully 100% recommended, but I have heard good things about this book, and I'm super excited to start reading it. I'm going to be reading It Doesn't Have to be Crazy at Work by Jason Fareed, I think is how you pronounce his last name. So if you want to read that alongside me, feel free to. I'm very excited to see what I learned about work and productivity and misconceptions about work and productivity. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about The Bliss Bean and connect with me on YouTube and Instagram at theblissbean and theblissbean.com. If you'd like to sign up to receive the show notes in your inbox every Wednesday morning, that's theblissbean.com slash podcast. If you have a listener question, comment, or suggestion, you can send a voice memo to hello at theblissbean.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.